Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you are being blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. They said they searched for the best church in Flint, and it came up GVC. But the, the reason that a church is good is it's because of the people that serve. So you could say it this way, GVC's got the best servers, the best ministry teams. And so for all those that serve in hospitality, kids' ministry, and everything in between, you guys rock. We so appreciate you just in your leadership and your ability to love on people. Hey, you know, for that matter, uh, just talking about leadership and just finding your purpose in your plan, uh, the plan of God for your life. You know, one of the things that we do here at GVC is we have what we call our growth track, and uh, there, there's different components to it. And the last component of our growth track is that we just discover the gifts that are on the inside of you because God made you with a design, and your design connects you with your destiny. And so we just, again, have an opportunity to find out what's on the inside of you, what makes your tractor crank. You know what I mean? You know, that's an old farmer joke, you know, what cranks your tractor. But, you know, every one of us, we have the opportunity that there's something on the inside that's a passion. And so we just want to help you discover that. And so if you've never taken growth track, that will be coming up, in fact, after Easter. Easter's coming up next month, and so we're going to run that after Easter because we're expecting new faces and uh, new families. And so if you've never taken growth track, get in the track and grow, all right? So we'll see you at growth track if you've not taken it. Well, you're ready to get into this message this morning? Man, I tell you, God has been doing some amazing things, and uh, I'm excited for what uh, is just in the near future concerning our uh, friend coming just to minister here at GVC, and so you don't want to miss that. You'll want to plan to be here. You know, but that being said, in, in terms of planning for a visit, you know, I, I was just looking at Facebook this past week, and uh, w- there was some some individuals that visited Michigan last week, and it was a group called KISS. Anybody know who KISS is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, come on, yeah. I had a couple of their albums back in the day, man. I mean, they have been around for decades. I don't know if they've been around for like 50 years or so, but they're on their, their farewell tour, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're making their rounds, and so they were here in Michigan last week. And so on Facebook, man, I've seen all kinds of people saying, man, we're going to the concert, having a great time. And, and I was just curious, you know, because they're, they're such a big name. I, I went online to find out how much the tickets were to go to these things. And, and the cheap seats were right around $100. I mean, man, I mean, just to go see a, a, a concert. I mean, I remember back in the day, it was like 20 bucks, and, you know, it was... I, Long are those days gone, man. But anyways, I mean, roughly about 100 bucks to, to sit in the cheap seats. And then if you wanted to sit down on the floor, and the closer you got to the stage, you're talking hundreds of dollars to go to a concert. You know what I mean? And, and so in regards to that, you know, I was thinking about that whole event or that whole evening. And 
man, I, I bet you if you went to that concert, they probably put on an amazing show. I bet it was extremely entertaining. I bet it was fun. You know, a lot of people are going to establish memories because it's their farewell tour. One guy, actually, I think uh, he goes to the church here. Uh, he said, Kiss was my first concert, and so I wanted to take my little girl because I wanted her first concert to be the same concert that I went to. And so making memories, you know, just uh, going to this concert and, again, having fun. But in regards to that, I started to think about just the whole efforts of getting ready to go to the concert because you realize that in order to go to the concert, you really had to start preparing for that visit of Kiss coming to town. Because, you know, if you are going to get a seat at the concert, you've got to be ahead of the game so that you get your seat, that you get where you want to sit because if you don't, they'll sell out. And then the things that are left over are the one seats that are like hundreds of dollars, right? So there's a lot of preparation and forethought that goes into getting their tickets for the concert. But not only that, there's a lot of preparation for the day. Right? If you've got to go down to Detroit to the concert, then you've got to set time to drive down there, budget for traffic. You've got to have gas money. Maybe you had to take the day off of work, and then you get down there. You've got to give yourself enough time to get into your seat. and Maybe you've got to stop by the souvenir shop and all those kind of things. And maybe you had to even uh, plan for the next day because, man, it's going to be a late night, and maybe I'm just going to take the next day off to, to stay home from work because I know I'm going to be tired. So my point is this, is that for the, the visit of a rock star, there's a lot of preparation that goes in for that visit, right? But the question that I have is that in all that preparation, was there any eternal value? Was there anything that God could have an opportunity to speak into the lives of people? And I guess it's possible. And not that everything that we do has to have an eternal value. Because God just says, you know, man, I want you to do things just to have fun at times. There's, there's nothing wrong with just have, having fun. In fact, for that matter, to have rest and recreation really is a biblical principle, right? But I'm just talking about in all the preparation just to go to the concert, was there any eternal value? But here's the point. The point is this, is that many times we put more thought more preparation we have more expectation in a concert or a vacation or a rock star coming to town and visiting than we do coming to church or even a guest minister visiting are you catching my point so my my heart today is to help us prepare for the visit of God's man that's going to come and minister to us in just a few days. I shared this on a Wednesday night, so I'm going to take a little bit more opportunity just to share with everyone, for that matter, just how it is that we begin to prepare and make ready for the ministry gifts that come and minister to us so that we have the opportunity to take advantage of everything that they're preparing for so that we're prepared as they come and they visit. You know, when we think about it just in the standpoint of the visitation of a rock star, you know, back in the day when Jesus was walking the earth, do you realize that Jesus was a rock star? What I mean by that, I mean he was like the celebrity. 
I mean, the Bible says that his fame went throughout the land. And so you've got to understand just the, the notoriety, the celebrity that Jesus had as he came through village and to, to village to city to city. I mean, people, oh, Jesus is coming. And they started to line up as just to have the opportunity to see the rock star. What's the rock star going to say? And then in Matthew chapter 8, the Bible says that Jesus had a face-to-face encounter with a centurion. And the centurion said to Jesus, and you can only imagine that Jesus is like, man, I've got face-to-face interaction with the rock star, man. He's talking to me. And he says to Jesus, he says, you know, I've got a servant, and he's sick, and he's almost ready to die. And Jesus says to him, well, let's go to your house. I'll go with you, and, and I'll, I'll minister to him, and we'll make sure that he don't die, that he actually lives. And then the centurion says something very significant. He says, listen, he said, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. He said, but rather than that, he said, just speak the word only, and my servant will live. And the Bible says that Jesus marveled at this man's faith because he said, all I need is for you to speak a word, and that will change everything. There's the power of the Word of God being spoken into an individual's life. When we invite a guest minister to come in, we're not just inviting somebody in that is, well, hey, we got the celebrity preacher to come in. No, we're inviting somebody to come in that is a vessel that has a word in season that will change our lives. Amen? Here's what the Bible says over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 13, it says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, the speaker, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. So here's what he just said. He said, when we preached to you, when we visited you, when we brought a message to you, You didn't just see the man, the person, the minister. You didn't just hear a message coming from the man. But actually, in truth, as it really is, you heard God talking through the man. And therefore, because you believed, it effectively is working in your life. Amen. So here's my point, is that when we invite a guest minister in, They're bringing a message from heaven that is going to radically change our life if we come with expectation. God, I need you to talk to me. I need you to say something. I've got some answers, or I've got some questions that I need answers to. And God, I'm putting my faith and my expectation that on that Sunday, when that minister shows up, you're going to be talking to me. In fact, the whole reason that they're coming is just for me. Everybody else is going to get a benefit because of me. They're coming to talk to me. Amen? Uh, Reverend uh, Marty, he came in uh, two years ago. And many of you know the story. But in that season, in fact, just earlier that year, I told my wife, I says, we need to get out of this little building. So this building is, is, is hindering our growth. We need to get out of this building. And we didn't know how that would ever be possible. Again, just finances and having a building that you're paying on how are you going to get into something new we didn't even have it on the market and so uh the guest minister came in brother marty he came in and he says you know what 
God's given me a message, and he says, this is what I hear the Lord saying to me. He says, I see a new place. And he said, the tide is turning for your favor. Well, when I'm thinking a new place, I'm thinking, well, what does that mean? The next month, my wife came and says, hey, that church down the road is for sale. And I'm like, whoop-de-doo. <laughs> I mean, that don't mean nothing to me. I said, you know, we don't, we don't got the building for sale. We don't have the revenue. I mean, how, what's that matter? Great, glad it's for sale. Some other church come and go down the road. But I decided to come down here and, and, and take a look at the building. Well, I drove behind the building, and I started walking the property, and I came out from behind the back side of the building and parked over at the office was a, a minivan, and the guy saw me and then started walking toward me. And as he's walking toward me, he's got this big smile on his face. And so I start smiling just because that's the kind of guy I'm at. You're going to smile at me? I'll smile back at you, you know. Don't growl at me because I'll growl back at you too, all right. So, but anyways, he, he starts smiling, and he says, hey. He says, you remember me? And I'm like, yeah. I, I said, I remember we had our church camp just two years ago. I said, I met you out at the camp. He goes, yeah, that's right. He says, you know, two years ago, I was thinking about you. And he said, in fact, for that matter, he says, have you gotten my phone calls? I said, no. I said, our internet's been down. I said, our phone lines have been down. I said, I haven't had a, haven't been able to get phone calls for about the last week and a half. He said, well, I've been trying to get a hold of you because I wanted to see if you wanted this building. He said, when I saw you two years ago, I thought of you and said, that's their church. And God was preparing along the way things that seemed impossible, but right at the end, weeks before I had that encounter with him, Brother Marty came and he said, I see a new place in your future. So what does that do? I'm still looking at the natural circumstances and saying, it's impossible. But then I said, well, wait a minute. I remember what God said to us, and he said, there's a new place. And so I just began to engage my faith, and I said, well, God, if you said there's a new place, there's a new place that just showed up. So, okay, let's start to move forward. And every time we move forward, I'm in my head saying, it's impossible. And so I got my advisor uh, our, our, that's on our board. I said, hey, I said, can you help us out? And he's like, hey, listen, we can swing this. I said, but you don't understand. I said, it, it's, this is the situation. He says, well, it sounds like God. I said, but yeah, but see, you don't understand. I said, I mean, this is the money that we're talking about. He's like, well, sounds like God. I said, but we, you don't understand. We still got our building. We haven't even got the money in the bank for this. I said, it's an impossible situation. And he said, it sounds like God. Amen. And so I'm thinking, all right, well, praise the Lord. God's talking to me through one of my advisors and and the Lord already said there's a new place coming and so I just began to say okay God I'm going to cooperate with you and little by little and little by little and little by little God started to orchestrate it and here's GVC standing here today so my point is this as well that when the ministry gift comes there are things that you've been asking God about that he is coming on assignment to talk to you and it's an amazing thing how God can talk to a mass of people and answer their specific questions just through one voice. People walk away and say, man, that was so awesome. I, I love it when you said this and you're thinking, I never said that. But somehow God answered a question through the mouthpiece of a minister. And so in regards to this ministry, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, 
verse 11, or beginning in verse 11, it says that Jesus gave gifts unto men. And it says he gave some to be apostles, prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saint, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. The Bible says that these ministers are actually gifts assigned by God. And they're there to help mature you spiritually, to help you find your purpose, and ultimately build the family of God. Amen? And so when they're coming, they're coming with equipment and ammunition that each of us need. They're coming with supplies to say, here's what I've come to give and to impart and to deliver from God. And it forever changes our life. And so as a result, we can begin to prepare for the gift that's coming or for the minister that's coming. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 41, Jesus said this, He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. So in other words, it says, you've got to recognize that they're here for you and that they're a, they're a minister assigned by God, and therefore when you receive them, you receive the reward of the minister. You know what the greatest reward of the minister is that comes? Now, and now here's the thing. I've seen this before in church, and again, it's just natural. It's just people. It's just people. But oftentimes... People want to have interaction with the minister. And then when the minister leaves, they're like, well, I didn't get to talk to him. They talked to so-and-so, but they didn't talk to me. And gosh, man, you know, I didn't get to shake their hand, you know, and they didn't hug me. And, and they feel like they got shorted. But it is not the personal interaction of the shaking of the hand or the pat on the back or the conversation that you had. What they really came for was the message that they came to deliver. So if you're in earshot of the message, then you got everything that God intended for you to get. And you've got to see it the right way. But if you're just looking at the person and saying, man, I didn't get to shake their hand. Well, then you missed the reward. If you're thinking, doggone it, man. I just... I, I, I wanted that book that they were giving, getting rid of, and, and I didn't get one of them books, man. No, there's a message that they're coming to deliver. Can you say amen? amen? So we're purposing to make room. Make room for the visitation of a minister that's coming in to deliver a message from God. If you recall, the Bible says this in uh, 1 Kings, the woman with uh, the... Uh, that, that was barren. The Bible says that her and her husband had a relationship with a minister or the prophet Elijah. And the Bible says that he would come through town and as a result, they would make room for him. They actually built a room for him on their house so that when they, he would come into town, he would stay with them. But there came a point in a time where he says, something's going on in the heart of this woman. And he asked the question, what's wrong? And they said, she wants a child. She's barren. She can't have a child. But she's really desired to have a son. And he said, the next time that I see you, you will have a child. Now, she could have looked at him as just the man that they allow to have a residence when he comes into town. Or she could recognize the minister and the voice that was speaking at the moment. 
She decided to look beyond just the physical man and to hear the voice of God speaking to her. And the next time he came into town, guess what? She had a baby boy. Why? Because she received not the handshake, the hug around the neck. She received the word that was spoken directly into her life that changed her life. And then when stuff started going wrong, you realize stuff hits the fan every now and then, even when God's in the middle of it. Well, the Bible tells us that her son got sick and ended up dying. Well, she went to see the man of God. She said, hey, man of God, you gave me a son or you told me that God was going to provide me a son and now the son's dead now. You better find out what God needs to do to make this boy come back to life. He went back to her house. He went up and the Bible says that he laid on the, the boy hand to hand, face to face, and the boy came back to life. Why? Because she made room in her life for the voice of God through the minister. Are you here this morning? Now, when stuff hits the fan, oftentimes what we end up doing is getting mad at God, don't we? God, what'd you do that for? Why'd you let that happen for? Then you come to church and then you look at the preacher and think, yeah, you're preaching all that faith stuff, but look at what's going on in my life. And you get mad at the preacher because he's trying to put a smile. Well, you don't realize that, you know, I've got the stuff hitting the fan in my own life. I just got to choose to walk by faith too. And when I come to church, I choose to put a smile on. But you say, boy, every time you come to church, you're always smiling. It's because I'm putting it on. I got to put it on just like you. But then you get mad. Oh, they're just always happy. Rainbows and sunshine, you know. Just, I, I ain't, going, I ain't going, back, going back to that church. And you get mad. And as a result of getting mad and stop looking at the supply that the minister is there to give, you just simply look at the man and you miss out on the reward from God. Amen? See, God's got something for you this coming Sunday. It's by divine appointment. And so we're making room. We're getting ready. The Bible says, he that has ear to hear, let him hear. I joked on Wednesday night. I said, wouldn't it be funny if you came to church and, you know, nobody has ears. And you're like, if you have ears to hear, let them hear, but y'all don't have ears, right? No. So God's not talking about physical ears. He's talking about the fact that there is an inward ear that you don't hear with just the natural ear, but you actually begin to hear by faith that God is speaking, right? And so how do we prepare for the gift or the minister that's coming? Now, you might ask the question, you keep saying gift. Why do you call it a gift? Because in Ephesians, the Bible says that God gave ministry gifts unto men. And so, it's just, I'm using the Bible term. The ministry gift that's coming in. In Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 2, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us that God would also open, or that God would open unto us a door of utterance. To speak the mysteries of Christ for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So how is it that we begin to prepare for the minister coming? We begin to pray for that minister. So that when they get here, they have a door of utterance or that they have the ability to speak exactly what we need to hear. Let me just say something on a side note. If you'll pray for me as your pastor, God, give him 
doors of utterance to speak into our lives, that would solve a lot of problems. You know why? Because you can't get offended at somebody that you're praying for. So what that means, like, if pastor said something and it hurt my feelings. Well, if you're praying for doors of utterance to be spoken into your life and pastor says something, you're thinking, you just stepped on my toes. Well, you can't get offended for something that you're praying for. So in other words, you must have needed to hear it. Whoa. Getting deep here at GBC. (laughs) So what are we doing? We're preparing for the gift. He says, prepare the way for me to be able to speak exactly what I need to and get ready. So we're praying for the individual. He says, I'm praying that, pray that my words would be able to manifest, or in other words, that there would be weight to my words. Have you ever been listening to somebody and you're like, wow, that is so good. That's so rich. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it just kind of like hits you between the eyes. You're like, wow. That's what we're talking about when the minister has the ability to speak right into your life. And there's an expectation for it to deliver. We're praying for that. As a result, what shows up? It's really the anointing or the presence of the Holy Spirit. In Isaiah 10, 27, it says, The anointing destroys the yoke and removes the burden. When it's a message that is delivered right from God, it has the ability to set you free. It has the ability to get you over the hurdle. It has the ability, those things that hold you back, to get freed from them. I remember my grandfather when I was a little boy. I mean, I grew up in just an old town little church, and we invited, I think it was a guest minister that came in, much like what we're doing. And we invited my grandfather and uh, my grandmother to come to the church And my grandfather at the time, he was just starting to come around to really uh, have a a life of faith. He was struggling in some areas. And I'll never forget it. The minister gave the church the opportunity to come down to the altar and just surrender to God. And as a little boy, I'll never forget my grandfather going down to the altar. And I can remember seeing him slumped over and seeing his shoulders bounce because he's crying. He's just weeping before God. And he turns around and his face is all a mess from crying. But as he turns and walks away, his cigarettes were left on the altar. What he did is said, God, I I give these to you. I'm getting free today. See, that's what happens when you get in the presence of God. Again, I don't say that to condemn anybody for things that you struggle with. I'm simply saying the presence of God has the ability to set you free in those areas that you struggle with. Amen. You come with an expectation. God, today's my day. I'm leaving different than I came in. And therefore, you come with a great awareness and an expectation that God's going to meet your need. There's impartations that are delivered. In Romans chapter 1, verse 11 The Apostle Paul says this, he says, For I long to see your face, or to see you, that I may impart to you spiritual gifts, so that you might be established. Established means to be stable. He says, there's things that I come to deposit. There's things that I come to leave with you. Amen. So in other words, most Christians are are just 
happy to come and just get a little bit of God on Sunday morning. Just a little bit of a goosebump. Just a little bit of a shout and then leave and be the same. You know, there was a, a pastor, and thank, uh, pastor Mark had, had shared this. He said he went on a drive along with a cop friend of his. And he said as they were driving, he said they ended up pulling this car over and the cop got out and started to search the young guy and he said he got out of his pocket just some, some drugs that he had and he put it on the hood of the car and, and then talked to him a little bit more and then he confiscated the drugs and then he let him go. So they got back in the car and Pastor Mark said to him, he says, well, he had drugs on him. He says, he says you just let him go. He says, yeah. He said, we did. He said, there's, there's some boundaries. He says... If it's a small enough amount, then we just look at it as recreational use, and therefore we let them go. He said, but if they have a larger amount or a larger quantity, then we look at it as though they have intent to distribute. And so the whole idea of coming with an expectation and putting a demand on the anointing that's on the minister, you can come and say, well, I just want enough just to have a recreational, woohoo. Or you can come and say, come on, give me all you got. I need everything that you got. You came with both barrels loaded. And so, therefore, just go ahead and distribute everything that you came to give me. And I'm, I'm going to be changed as a result of what you're bringing. Amen. And what ends up happening? You start to carry. You start to find, man, I got some ammunition in my pockets too. You get around people, man. You go to work the next day and people say, what's the matter with you? You changed. You look different, man. I got some goods last night. When I was at church, I got some stuff. Well, what'd you get? I got a whole lot of Jesus. Come on, let me, let me just talk to you right now. And then all of a sudden, they're like, whoa, their life's changed. Amen. We're coming with an expectation. Praise God. 2 Timothy chapter 1, starting in verse 5, it says, When I call to remembrance that the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. He said, I am also persuaded that it's also in you. He says, therefore, I, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and soundness of mind. So notice, it says there are people that are fearful. They're having Stuff going on in their head. Their heads aren't clear. There's depression, anxiety, worry. And it says, man, they, this minister came, and he laid hands on them, prayed for them, and they were set free. And he says, now, keep stirring that up. Don't let it dwindle. Don't leave a service and just say, oh, well, I got a good feeling that day, and I feel better today than I did yesterday. And then the next day, you feel just as crummy as you ever did. No, stir it up. Man, yesterday God met my need. God answered some questions. And so if God answered yesterday, it's still answered today. If I was set free yesterday, I'm set free today. If I'm free from those yokes of bondage and habits that I had yesterday, I was clear and free and had this soundness in mind. I don't have to be bound up by that today. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. We're preparing for the ministry gift. There's a visitation from God that's coming. And we have the expectation that our needs are going to be met. And then the last thing, I saved the best for last. And I'll keep it short because this is one of those topics. Like once you start going here, you shut down. But one of the best ways that you can prepare is to prepare your gift for the gift. What's that mean? The Bible says that when a minister comes and gives of spiritual things... We reciprocate with natural things. 
And so what do we do? The Bible says to honor the gift or the minister. So what does that mean? He's coming to deliver a message from heaven that is going to forever change your life. And so as we send him his way, we're going to take up an offering and say, we're going to bless you for being a blessing to us. Now, if you don't value what they came to, to bring, then you might just decide to tip them. Here's, here, here's a buck. Here's a quarter. Or you might say, you know what? That message is what I needed to hear. It changed my life. And so I'm going to invest in that ministry gift because they were a blessing to me. Amen? And God will help you continue to grow. Praise God. Did you get anything out of this this morning? I realize this was a little bit different message for a Sunday morning. But here's the thing. We need to grow and understand that God isn't just working through your pastor. He's got other ministers that come to be a blessing. And they have things that we need. And it changes our life. Amen? Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to pray for you. Just as we get ready for this upcoming Sunday. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that the eyes of our understanding are open. That God, that you're stirring a hunger on the inside of us this next week. That we come to church next Sunday with such anticipation and expectation of a divine encounter with you. That our lives are going to be forever changed. I pray that, Lord, we don't just hear the voice of a man, but we hear the message from heaven through the messenger. I thank you, Lord, that as we come with expectation, the anointing of the Holy Spirit will set us free. And so we just come with great expectation, and we're going to see the landscape of GVC changed. And as you change the landscape of GVC, Lord, we'll begin to change the landscape of this greater Flint area because we're raising people that are passionate followers of Christ. And therefore, God, we don't want to see this place stay the same. We are here to make a difference because we're loving God, loving people, and loving life. God, we worship you and thank you. And everyone said, Amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life